Since Britain's controversial decision to leave the EU in the summer of 2016, the area has been desperately trying to come to terms with its new international status and the implications of the change. One key aspect of this identity crisis is Ireland, Britain's neighbour to the west, and a country that is debating whether or not to follow in its own neighbour's footsteps. Vada has the story. Since 1973, when Ireland first joined the EU, known as the European Economic Community back then, the country has defiantly emerged from the shadow of the UK with the benefits of being an EU member state. The economy, once struggling with mass immigration and high unemployment, has secured itself as a continuously growing, innovative, bustling economy that's currently recovering from the recession that began just over a decade ago. Recently, the Irexit movement has gained traction, i.e. Ireland following Britain and leaving the EU. While the movement is lauded by anti-EU figures like Nigel Farage, the overwhelming consensus, according to surveys, is that an Irish exit from the EU is unwise. I'm Ajay Lavada, Irish correspondent for We the People. Before 1973, according to an article by Irish Times writer Fintan O'Toole, he said that Irish independence from Britain was mostly notional. I, of course, being 17, have no first-hand knowledge of what a non-EU Ireland was like. His article stated that we were almost like a satellite state, that we largely played by British rules. For those of you who don't know, which I expect as most listeners, here's a quick breakdown of Irish-British relations. We're a relatively young country. A peace treaty with Britain following the War of Independence was signed in 1922. The treaty gave us the Ireland we know today, made up of the Republic of Ireland, which I live in, and Northern Ireland. There's 32 counties in total, 26 in the Republic and 6 in the North under British rule. The history of Ireland gaining independence is very complicated and not straightforward. Even having learnt it in school, it's definitely not a topic that rolls off the average person's tongue. So where Irexit comes into play? Recently an event was held in the Ordias Arena in Dublin titled Irexit, Freedom to Prosper, which discussed whether or not Ireland should leave the European Union. Speakers at this event included Brexit campaign leader Nigel Farage, who was the former leader of UKIP, UK Independence Party, Irish journalist John Waters, and Professor Anthony Coughlin. The event was organised by the EFDD, Europe of Freedom and Direct Democracy Group. Professor Coughlin said throughout his speech that the European Union was an anti-democratic project. Also, quote, the EU is doomed. Farage in his speech said that Brexit was the proudest moment of his career. At an event at Trinity College, he said he believes there is an appetite in Ireland to withdraw from the EU. Recently, the college's historical society has rescinded its offer of giving Farage the society's gold medal for his contribution to public discourse. Contrasting his statements regarding Irexit, the latest national Eurobarometer report for Ireland has found little public support for an Irexit. European Movement Ireland's executive director, Noel O'Connell, said, Every single poll has shown overwhelming support for Ireland remaining an active and committed member of a reforming EU. On any so-called Irexit, the poll showed only 25% agreed with the statement Ireland could better face the future outside the EU. A total of 67% disagreed, ranking Ireland the seventh most in favour of remaining in the EU across Europe. It is the attitude of many that, throughout the Brexit campaign, campaigners acted as if England's oppressor was the EU. In reality, the areas that will be most affected by Brexit are the areas most in favour of it. When it comes to Ireland, We have actually had an oppressor, so to speak, England. 
The 800 years of British rule here are often called the 800 years of oppression. Again, circling back to the complicated history with Britain where some tension still remains today. Without a doubt, the EU has some jarring problems, but most Irish people are willing to take these instead of going back into the orbit of England. Personally, Brexit seems to be as poor a decision as Brexit was. For example, in school, in my business class, we learned about the benefits and importance of Ireland's EU member status, and those were quite stressed to us. Some of the benefits of being part of the EU play prominently in the lives of young people, like the right to move, work, and reside freely within the territory of other member states. Some other important benefits Ireland receives by being part of the EU is our employment opportunities, as being a member of the EU allows Irish citizens to freely move and live in other EU countries. EU funding has improved education standards in Ireland. Being part of the EU allows Ireland to work with other EU countries in combating issues like climate change. Also, our roads are safer, our beaches are cleaner, air travel costs have fallen, growth hormones and other harmful additives have been banned from our food, and employees have the right not to work more than 48 hours a week. On a different perspective of Irexit, an Irish academic and economist, Ray Kinsella, has said that Irexit should be considered in an attempt to soften the blows of Brexit on the Irish economy. He stated that Ireland's interests are so tied up with the UK's that it may not be able to afford to stay within the EU. The UK is Ireland's biggest exporter, and primarily the prospect of tariffs is most worrying for Irish businesses and a significant threat to the Irish economy. But this depends on how Brexit talks proceed. Currently in those Brexit talks, there is actually conflict between the North and Republic of Ireland border. UK Prime Minister Theresa May has talked with our Taoiseach, or Prime Minister, Leo Varadkar, about avoiding what's called a hard border. What this basically is, is a strongly controlled, highly protected border, rather than one where people can pass to and from with limited control. This hard border is not great news for Ireland. A free market think tank called Open Europe has claimed that every Brexit scenario results in the Irish economy taking a greater hit than Britain. Its research also reports that the harder the terms of the exit, the more damage that will be done to Ireland's finances. In a worst case scenario, Ireland could lose 3.1% of GDP by 2030. Going back to the days of a heavily fortified border is a grave concern for the Irish government. The country's budget in 2017 has already taken precautions to soften the blow of Brexit's impact. Currently, there is an actual set date and time that Brexit will happen in the EU. 11pm, Friday 29th of March, 2019. Important in understanding everything that's going on is understanding what a soft or hard Brexit means, not to be confused with the hard border I just discussed. A hard Brexit would mean that the UK is unwilling to compromise on issues like the free movement of people and leaving the single market. A soft Brexit would see Britain copying Norway, who is not a member of the EU, but is a member of the single market and has to accept the free movement of people as a result of that. To clarify, the European Union single market allows the free movement of goods, services, money and people within the European Union, as if it was a single country. While that March 2019 date is still in place, there's an idea of a two-year transition period to round up and implement whatever the eventual final Brexit deal entails. So, of course, as we're youth-focused at We The People, I looked into young people's reaction to Brexit. A survey suggested that over 70% of young people aged 18 to 24 voted remain, while almost 60% of over 55s voted to leave. While this statistic clearly shows young people's attitude towards the referendum result, many students and young people were interviewed and did not feel as though Brexit will negatively affect career prospects. 
Some of the reasons why some young people chose to vote leave were, quote, democracy, the wastefulness of the EU, as well as immigration. Remain voters explained their decision by saying they felt it was the safest option and had the least negative impact on their lives. The Brexit vote actually saw a surge in youth voting. However, the result gave a general sense of powerlessness to reverse the decision, and this may end up reinforcing the disengagement of young people in politics, which has been a problem in Britain since the early 90s. Quite interestingly, a former UK education secretary has said that the EU will only be sustainable if the deal works for young people. Justine Greening said in a Guardian report that young people could undo Brexit if the government strikes a deal against their interests. Also, Greening has asked Prime Minister Theresa May to endorse votes for 16-year-olds and to listen to their input about social policy and Brexit plans. Quite recently, a new campaign has launched called Our Future, Our Choice, which aims to deliver the will of young people when it comes to leaving the European Union. OFOC describe themselves as a group of angry, determined young people who think Brexit is a disaster and should be stopped. The manifesto states, Our generation is to set the receive is set to receive the worst inheritance in peacetime history. If Brexit goes ahead, it is by far the worst aspect of our inheritance. Their worries include the economy, inability to tackle problems like climate change, which require international cooperation, and rampant inequality. Quote, it will deny us opportunities, depriving us of the right to live, work, and love anywhere in Europe. It will rob us of the internationally engaged Britain that we know we want. So, I think it's safe to say that Irexit is not something we need to be worrying about at the moment. At least not really. However, it will be interesting to see how Brexit unfolds in the coming months. Being an EU member gives Ireland the chance to sit at the same table and have an equal voice as more major European countries like Germany, for example an opportunity the country wouldn't receive normally. Being an EU citizen is probably something I take for granted, but it's quite clear that our membership is far too important to vote away. Thanks to Magella for a great episode. This episode was edited and recorded by Magella and produced and hosted by me. Our music is by the mysterious and wonderful Breakmaster Cylinder. Our cover was designed by C.C. Wong with help from Naomi Wan Kenobi. Thanks for listening, and as always, have a great week.